We look around, but we do not see. We hear all these sounds, but fail to listen. We talk the talk so eloquently, but when the time comes to walk the walk, we just turn a blind eye. We have become an audience like those who sit around soccer fields with nice comfy seats and plenty of food and drinks to last for the game. We have become an audience who just sits on the sidelines. We're the audience to the cries of those who cry for justice, wondering if justice was ever just because now, now it's just them and their Lord. Salam alaikum everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Rogue Muslim. Um, this week we are going to be discussing OCD and religious-based OCD, which going into this I knew literally nothing. Like I obviously knew what OCD was but I didn't really understand the psychological aspects of it, I didn't really understand how it manifests itself, I didn't really understand the thought processes about it and the ways to overcome it and I especially didn't really understand religious OCD and um, how pervasive that can be but also um, how I want to say normal because some some of the thoughts that you have are quite normal it's just when it becomes uh, when you become obsessed with those thoughts and compulsive about those thoughts is when it manifests itself into OCD um, so yeah Jamila was really great and came onto the podcast to discuss more about this and kind of educate us all on it and um, the ways that it does manifest but also the ways and the strategies in which we can begin to overcome it if that's something that somebody is um, going through we talk about yeah what it is well basically I just gave you an overall thing didn't I we also have, we have some random tangents. We have random tangent about free will and predestination as it relates to mental health and kind of that discussion that we want to have. Um, can I just say this? Like I, I okay. So we basically talked for like three hours. We didn't record all of that, but um, literally like cry laughing, like actually having tears and then I got so hot I was like I just want to get rid of everything because it's so hot right now um so editing this podcast is a bit jumpy I think um but <laughs> because like we are we literally would just like say something and it set us off and then to try and like recalibrate into what we were trying to say it was just like a mission but honestly recording I mean editing this like gave me so much pleasure it was so hilarious um and I've kept it all. I'm like, if my if my um hard drive didn't like go kaput on me, I think it would be really fun to have like a bloopers reel um from all the podcasts that uh, have been recorded so far. But it, like genuinely made me like oh, I was dying. It was so funny. Also, you'll hear a lot of shout outs. We were asked to give a shout out and we just carried on with it. Um. So and here's shout out. Yeah to uh well actually you'll hear you'll hear all the shout outs so um maybe the shout out this shout out will just be to you so shout out to you for listening um and supporting and everything but yeah I think I think that's it I potentially may add a blooper thing potentially let's see what my editing skills are actually like though um and yeah and I'll be posting like 
obviously it is a process and OCD can also be paired, well, it is paired with anxiety and it also can be paired with depression. So it can be very intersectional and trying to work and unpack that. It can be really complex. Um, but so we, we discuss kind of some of the more basic strategies and really like supporting yourself and just taking it minute by minute, day by day. Um, but then I'll also be posting daily exercises that you can work on if you do have OCD if you are experiencing that um, and and uh, also some herbal like remedies like some more natural plant-based remedies if that's something that you're also uh, into um, and I just want to make a disclaimer I think it's really important that we stop saying people who have mental health and transition to people who are experiencing mental illness like everyone has mental health and everyone um, most people experience mental illness but it's just that it's an experience it doesn't define you it's not your sole identifier in life um you can transition out of it you can learn from it you can um support others after that um but it is an experience it's not your sole identifier so i think just really being a bit mindful about the ways in which we are narrating and relating to mental health mental illnesses is really important um i think that's it on my end um i hope the new year's started off on a good note oh oh by the way by the way i got a new mic have i got it like yesterday so i haven't actually played with it and set it up or anything but hopefully for the next week's podcast i will and speaking of next week's podcast I think I'm going to do a QA and a because I'd posted on Instagram what people want to like hear on the podcast and stuff and um, somebody posted that they wanted to know more, more about me and so I put it out there like what exactly is it because I don't really know what you would want to hear about me um, and so I really would appreciate questions because like literally it could just be over in like three seconds. Um, or I could just give you an audiobook of my autobiography. Like, it could go either way. Um, but yeah, please send me some questions if you're interested in knowing more about me and, in I don't know, like, interests or... Maybe I should, like, find one of those about me tags on YouTube and just steal some questions. Um, but I would actually rather just appreciate some of the questions that you would have for me um, so that, you know, it's catered towards people's interests um and and they can be questions they can be like really random questions things you want my thoughts on if at all um so yeah just dm me them let me know what you want to know about me and um yeah inshallah that will be next week's podcast so until then oh uh, yeah no i'll do i'll do that at the end Okay, until then, um, I hope you are having a great week and uh, inshallah wishing you all the best and you're always in my du'as. Uh, well, I'm trying to be cognizant and being more mindful that you are all in my du'as because your support really does mean a lot. So, until next time, Kudafis. Is it going to? There. Okay, yeah, alright. <laughs> oh yeah, my intros are really awkward as well, by the way. Okay. Just oh, to add to it. Play music. I've got headphones in. Shall I play music whilst you're doing your own? Ooh, yeah. <laughs>
Okay, I can I can do it. <laughs> All right. Salam alaikum, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Rogue Muslim. This week, I'm joined by Jamila, and we're going to be talking about um, mental health, but specifically OCD and faith-based OCD. But before I do that, do you want to introduce yourself, Jamila? <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I'm sorry, I snort one I'm like, I really like, I should probably rehearse something, but it's just not right. That's fine. Um, okay. Uh, Assalamu alaikum. My name's Jamila. I'm, I'm 25. I live in London. Um, I volunteer with some mental health charities. I work as a researcher. Um, I've been interested in mental health for a long time. Um, and I've got a chapter in a book. Uh, coming out next month. The book's about um, Muslim women and my chapter's about mental health in the Muslim community. Um, yeah. Shout out to the book. Shout out to the chapter. Shout <laughs> <laughs> out to the book. Yeah, let's just do that in the shout out. Yeah. <laughs> Every other question is just a shout out. Shout out to the book. Yeah. Gotta make that dollar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that millennial money. Paid <laughs> by the book, I'm very poor. It's very nice to meet you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not going to put that. Really okay. Nice yeah. Okay, there's no transition that can happen. No. I'll just um, go on to the icebreaker question that I have. That it I... could be like a, a link. We could just do a. That was my, you know, transition. <laughs> I'll add just your voice going. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Cry. Okay, can you? Okay, so. <laughs> So there's actually a question that I didn't put in the questions that I sent you, but it's oh, my God. icebreaker question. Okay. <laughs> like we need one. <laughs> no, but, okay. but the question is, if this was your last day on earth, what would your final meal be? Oh, because I thought you were going to say, um, what if you were, if this was your final day on earth, what would you do? And my first thought was eat something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a mukbang. <laughs> Um, mm, I don't know. I know, right? What did I eat today? I biscuits. <laughs> yeah, biscuits and a But then I went to the gym, so that's fine. <laughs> um, what's been the best thing I've ever eaten? There's, there'll be chocolate in there somewhere. Yeah, 100%. Um, oh, what would I have? Why do you put me on the spot? <laughs> Like, uh, some people are like, oh, I'd have, like, what What do they have? Like, some people, I, I, I like, have, like, a 10-course meal plan. Other people are like, yeah, I'll have some water and, like, <laughs> chicken cottage or something. Well, I think I probably would take too long deciding on a restaurant, so I'd just eat everything in the fridge. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, or, Uber Eats it all, or whatever it's called. Just, yeah. Just order oh, that's everything. a good idea. Yeah, just order like, everything. I'd just... Because I wouldn't know what I fancied, so I'd yeah. get, like, 
Wagamama's, mm. Pizza Express, whatever they have on Deliveroo, yeah. Yeah. shout out to Deliveroo. Yes, 100%. And like, it's not like you're going to spend your money on anything else afterwards. You know? Exactly. Like, so spend exactly. it all. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. No. Would you have like, like what would your dessert be? Or would it just be everything? Some kind of chocolate. Mm. Then also, um, haagen do a peanut butter one. And over the oh. summer... I used to eat a lot of that, so probably that. Can I join you, please? Yeah, sure. I'll just arrange for me to die at the same time, apparently. (laughs) Sure, I can just talk to God about this. This podcast has gone very morbid. (laughs) And we're going to eat, and this is the last (laughs) one. Okay, bye. Oh my God, oh my God, we can do this. Okay, okay, I like that. I'll join you. <laughs> and now, onto OCD. <laughs> Never a good transition. No, no. <laughs> we need this why we need some music. <laughs> yeah. I think I would Can I add that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can I have a constant, please? Vowel, <laughs> <laughs> please. Okay. All right, I can do it. All right. Okay. Well. So, thank mm. you for sharing that. <laughs> so, can you tell us a bit about like mental health for Muslims and kind of what got you started on this journey? And this. Uh, oh. Sure. Um. Honestly, and this is the full truth, I was really bored one day, so I set it up, and I thought, <laughs> honestly, because I've literally, I've only had it for a couple of months, and I thought, because uh, I'm on Twitter a lot anyway, and I thought, oh, I kind of want to tweet a lot about mental health, but not necessarily from my personal account, Yeah. Um. <coughs> Because I like tweeting memes as well. Yeah, right. So I just set up a dedicated... I also have a personal account. (laughs) Just because I think a lot of... um, Like, there are (laughs) mental health charities doing a lot of good stuff, but sometimes it doesn't sort of resonate with people like our age, so Mm. like teenagers, Mm. mid-20s, just young people. I don't think they really get, you know, how to talk to us and how to relate and Mm. I kind of wanted to I don't know tweet things that when I was at my lowest I'd want to hear and Mm. things that I found like inspirational or just like normalizing things and just to give people more information and then um also from that I was invited to um the Samaritans to talk to a group of them about how they can best deal with um, calls from Muslims when they answer um, and also um, to a school where I spoke to some teenagers about mental health that was an Islamic school so yeah I just kind of wanted it to be relatable um, and yeah because I think social media can be used for good Mm. and I wanted to do that nice yeah and they are super relatable like they're very like to the point tweets but actually something that you can learn from or like even 
if you're some if like a loved one or whatever is going through um something like it's just a good point to like okay well this is what I can do practically and like this is how I can lend support if I want to Mm. but then also like letting people know that it's just it's an experience you're not defined by it like it's not the whole thing it's not the whole of who you are yeah exactly and yeah I kind of sometimes if I'm feeling creative I'll make my own infographics and stuff like that like so people can share things and then have something to refer to um like I think I did one about can't remember it was ways of coping with something Hmm. but I thought it would be good just to have like an infographic with stuff yeah it would be you know something you can reference back to yeah and like you can share that a lot easier I think and people yeah. are just like, it's it's not like an overwhelming way of relating to things and stuff. It's like, to the point, it's easy to like, look at, it's not, it doesn't like produce so much anxiety and stuff to like, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, exactly. Because like, like, sometimes yeah. when, <clears throat> when um, people speak about mental health, sometimes it's with a lot of jargon, sometimes mm. they're doing it from um, a standpoint of um you know people who have studied it extensively which is really great and obviously we need counselors we need Mm. all those things but sometimes just to get to grips with understanding what's going on you want it in simpler terms and Mm -hmm. you want that more relatable someone one of the when I went into the school actually one of the questions or I spoke to them about mental health and at the end I said to them I was like put your hand up if you thought that when I came in this morning, I would tell you that I have suffered with mental illness and none of them put their hands up. They were all shocked. So I wanted it to be like relatable so Mm. that people would be like, okay, it's normal to, well, it's normal to have a mental health Mm -hmm. disorder, even though it's not, it's normal in some ways. I think it's more common than we think. Right. it's not normal as in we should just live with it we should still get help right like you're normalizing the situation and yeah like it occurs but yeah yeah but then like offering ways to like better that. do you actually okay do you have issues with the term mental health or are you okay with it I think it depends how it's used because mm. I think a lot of us myself included often get into the habit of saying mental health when we mean mental illness right mental health is just your holistic, your holistic like right even the good parts of mental health, are you happy? Are you, it's just about your general mental well-being, whereas yeah. mental illness is, you know, depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. OCD, all these things that we think of. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's just think it's used wrongly. Yeah. Um, and there's, like, and there's like, I know when I talk to elders and stuff, like, their idea of mental health, <coughs> like, as soon as you use the word mental, like, they literally associate it with, like, what they call a loony bin, like, yeah. as if you're going to some, another, you have to be, like, hospitalised or something for extensive yeah. period because you're, like, like, it's so severe or something. But it's just, like, it's natural in our spectrum of emotions and stuff. But Yeah, I think there's a lot of stigma still attached to it. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, people just don't associate the word mental health with mental well-being often. Mm. And it should be seen as that as, as well as discussing mental mm-hmm. illnesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. I overlook, like, sometimes I, like, I'm totally aware of, like, the stigmas and, like, yeah, and the judgments and stuff. 
But sometimes mm. when I'm on Twitter and Instagram, like, my feed is, like, the algorithm curates it so that, like, I have people around me talking about it so much that it becomes mm. so normal. But then I forget sometimes that it's like, oh, no, like, it's n- it's not as normal talking about it for many people. No, it's not no, something and that- I think within our age group, it's probably more normal than, say, my parents' age group. Mm. I even no matter your culture or your nationality, I think it's still it's still a stigma in a white community. So, like on my mom's side of the family, mm-hmm. then it would be an Arab community. So on my dad's side of the family. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I think it's I think it's changing, but I also think that our generation needs to be the ones that aren't just saying okay, it's fine, and getting and saying that there's no stigma, but actually acting on that, like mm. reaching out to our friends, not treating our friends any differently because they've got um, a mental illness and just treating it like any anything else. Like mm-hmm. if your friend's had a broken leg, you're not going to treat them any differently. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you might not invite them to go running with you, right? but right. you would you wouldn't think that their personality had changed yeah 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 it's not like something to be so scared of like it's not alien or anything yeah yeah no that's so true Um, sorry i went off on a tangent no no no, it was a good one i was like i was like i had thought of something and then i can't like as you were speaking i was like oh sorry No, it was like totally in relation to what you were just saying. Oh, I can't remember. Um, but I literally da, 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 da. no, I can't remember. It was something about like yeah. Oh, I oh yeah yeah now I got it. So like talking about how um you know you should still treat people as normal and stuff and still invite them to mm-hmm. things. It's also important to like you know a lot of people are like oh I didn't realize you had mental health or like. Like, it's it's so taboo to just talk about it. But at the same time, yeah. somebody will only disclose or, like, like say anything, open up with that vulnerable side of them if you yourself are not judgmental and you're, like, accepting of yeah. different ways of being and living and stuff. Like, so many people are like, yeah, but, like, why didn't they just tell us and stuff? And it's like, well, yeah, are you a person think- that opens for that? Yeah. And I think, like, people want to see someone else open up before they do it themselves. Yeah. Whereas I've always been the kind of person that will just talk and talk. <laughs> so, for me, it's kind of, it can be sometimes easy to talk about what's, like, mental illness or what's yeah. going on with me. And just because I've always never really shut up. <laughs> but I'm hoping that if I talk about these things that so many people find taboo and so many people yeah. are dealing with but don't want to talk about it, that it will give the conf- give someone else the confidence to talk about it. Yeah, 100%. And, like, I know even just, like, sharing things on social media or just talking about it, like, even not from a very personal standpoint, but just, like, yeah. acknowledging, like, the different types of conversations and, like, how hard it is, like, other people will start opening up. I know in my personal life, like, the more I've started talking about it very publicly, it's, like... yeah oh, okay, so she's somebody that will understand at least where I'm coming from or something. And so they might, like, say something or ask something. And it's not like I have all the answers or anything, but, like, at least it's opening up the conversation and, like, that that being a starting point. And then you can support each other as needed. Yeah. 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 So then, so we're going to talk about OCD and then faith-based OCD. So what 
like, I honestly, like, I'd heard about the term, but I didn't know anything about it. I was like, I don't, like, I, I just, I didn't really think about it or anything. What, OCD or scrupulosity? So, I can't, I honestly, the scrupulosity and religious OCD are the same thing. They are, I'm okay. saying religious OCD just because I can pronounce it. <laughs> so I was, like, researching, I was like, I can't even say this bloody word. Like, what's scrupulosity <laughs> like? I don't know. Okay, so it's just, it's the same thing. It's the same thing, but I just, I can't say, I, I struggle yes. with saying that word. Scrupulosity. Scrupulosity? Scrupulosity? Scrup or scrupulosity? I, I don't know. That's why I just say religious. We'll just go religious. <laughs> okay. All right, that makes things a lot easier in my head. <laughs> okay, yeah, so like, yeah, so I, like, I knew it existed, but I didn't really know any, like, I literally just knew of its existence, and that's it. Yeah. So, like, what what exactly is OCD, and then what is different about religious OCD? So, OCD in general is so when you have um, like a cycle of obsessions or compulsions um, that you do because you think something bad will happen if you don't do them. Right. So it's kind of linked with intrusive thoughts um, and that kind of thing. So you get a thought saying, if you don't do this, then this will happen. And you kind of, you'll do it, but then you'll do it multiple times because you think you want to make sure that that bad thing does not happen. Mm -hmm. um, and it's to the extent where it gets in the way of your day-to-day -day life. So like with all mental health disorders, um, it's, it's to the point, it's something that goes to the point of, getting in your way of your day-to-day -day life so you know like with depression for, for example you can have a few days of feeling sad but when it's a cycle when it's getting in uh, getting in the way of your day-to-day -day activities that's when you kind of know it's it's more likely to be a mental illness mm. if that makes sense yep that makes sense okay yeah so then, yeah, yeah. And then the religious. So with religious OCD, it's a form of OCD where it comes from doubt about possible sins. Um, mm. And it's where someone is kind of fixated on obsession based on their religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. So it would manifest in ways where you're anxious where you get a thought that you're sinning um or that you haven't performed a particular ritual properly mm. um and then you would obsess over it um and do it again and again until you feel like you've done it properly basically because you're scared so much of doing it wrong right um so it could manifest in like so if you're praying extra rakas because you think you've forgotten to or you've forgotten how many you're on, but you do it like instead of doing an extra one, you pray an extra five. And mm. it's not just happening once, you do it regularly. Yeah. Um, or if you're making wudu and you feel like you've forgotten a part, you do it, you know, ten times and your skin is like red raw and you just because you want to make sure you've done it properly. Right. So then... Okay, so then how do you know, like, I imagine there's, like, a spectrum. Like, it, it doesn't automatically go to, like, the severity, right, 
of no I think like all things sometimes it it can start off with you know doing it once or twice and then the thoughts they they may increase or they keep happening and then you're doing it so often to the point where it is getting in the way of your Mm day-to-day responsibilities is it like like does it start off where because it's like it's like how do you know if you like what's the line between being devout and then going on towards having more OCD and then like doubting what you're doing because it's like I, I like does it start off like oh like let me just make sure and confirm that what I'm doing is actually halal or something and then like um, where does the obsession part kind of come in I think the obsession is in repetition, but also having that extra fear that because you've done, because you've not done one thing and you're like, you're obsessing over that you didn't, you know, that you think you didn't um, wash your elbow during wudu and you think that that's, you're going to get sent to hell because of that. Right. I think it's, um... I think it's making, yeah, so when it affects your day-to-day life, and even Islamically, religion shouldn't be a burden. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be something complicated and that takes everything over because, you know, the, um, your family, your job, they all have rights over you, even mm-hmm. Islamically, you know. Mm-hmm. If you're married, your spouse have, has rights over you. So if you're spending all your time praying because you think you've got something, uh, you've done something wrong, mm-hmm then you're not giving the people around you their rights, which, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it's like, Islam is not an, it's not an inconvenience, and it can't inconvenience other yeah. people, but a lot, yeah, and like, and it's, it's just, it's not, and like, I, when I was doing research and stuff, it kind of came across that, like, when you are doing this so many times, it's doubting yourself, it's doubting, like, the tools that God has given you, but it's also doubting God as well. Is that like, Yeah. is that how it can manifest sometimes? I think so. And I think people, um, with, with your last point, I mean, I always think, I remember is it in the Hadith see that says, I am how my servant thinks of me. Oh yeah. So if you, you know, if we start everything with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, so we're calling God the most merciful, the most compassionate, mm-hmm. we think he is that. So why aren't we, you know, mm-hmm. believing that and thinking, oh, okay, he knows that I've tried my best to do wudu. I've done it twice because I am I think I missed out something. Right. But no, these thoughts that are coming to me that I keep doing it wrong, I'm not going to keep doing that because... I know, I know deep down that I've done it correctly. Right. I've done the best I can. And if I go in with my intentions pure, right. then I'll be rewarded for it. And I, w- I won't be punished for it. Right. Do you, do you think a lot of, like, I, this is something I wish growing up as well. I wish we'd talk more about God's love and God's mercy on yeah, us. Yeah, rather than the harshness. Yeah. Like, there's this great, um, what is it? It's a Sufi saint, Rabia. She oh, had, yeah. yeah, yeah. So she had this um I don't know what is it like a like a prayer or a, I don't know, a conversation or something. But it was like I wish like I could take the fire from hell and burn heaven and I wish I could take the water from heaven and burn like get rid of fire. And extinguish hell, yeah. Yeah, and so that you can only worship for the 
God for the sake of God, not for heaven or yeah. hell. And I like yeah. that's the like way I I'd like to live life or I try to, but it's just like if we were more intentional about actually talking about how much mercy he has on us and that you know, he says yeah. in the Quran, like he's not gonna place a burden on us more than we can bear. So why uh, like why do we let our thoughts I don't know if it's letting, but why is it I guess like okay, so there's this term waswasa, right? So that's yeah. shaitan. Is that what that is? So waswasa, I believe the literal translation is whispers. Okay. Um so it's but it's whispers as in from from the devil so it's kind of it's comparable to intrusive thoughts i Mm -hmm. think they're from my research i found they're pretty Pretty believe they're the same thing because intrusive thoughts are the unwanted thoughts that you get um and that you know you don't act upon because they're not they're not thoughts from you they're they're almost the opposite of Mm -hmm. who you are as a person yeah they're just thoughts that come into your brain and I've read statistics that like up to 90% of people have had intrusive thoughts. But when mm. they're getting to the point when they're um, affecting your everyday movements and you can't, you know, sit still without them, then that's kind of a form of anxiety or a mm. form of OCD. So like myself, I've had them. I find stuff like mindfulness really difficult because mm. I don't like being left alone with thoughts. Yeah. Because I, I find so. it really difficult to try and overcome what's what's our intrusive thoughts yeah. um so yeah so then like so how do you know yeah, yeah sorry no no i was just gonna, like how do you know then what is what's what's and what is just like like you know like general thoughts about god and life and like sometimes you know you're going through hardships and you're like doubting things or it's just a bit more difficult to hold on or something um, I think like how do you know the difference between the whispered and like the intrusive thoughts and just having like thoughts at any individual or have I don't know does that make sense yeah <laughs> I kind of I think again a lot of it comes down to how often these things are occurring mm. I think when the when it's just you know you're going through a difficult time um then you then it's it's kind of natural to think these things and to question things Mm -hmm. but when it's you know coming every day when it's you know impacting your sleep impacting your relationships then you kind of then I think it's more than it's not normal right right and it's like is it how then do you become mindful for for that um like for how it's happening like how do you like uh, okay like if I've acknowledged that these thoughts are a bit different than yeah what I'm usually like what my baseline kind of thinking is um Mm. and I'm thinking about it more and more that how do you like how do you a become mindful from it um and then and like acknowledge exactly where it's stemming from because is it is it like biological and psychological or is it just psychological I think it's just psychological I mean I'm not a trained sort of counselor so Mm -hmm. I couldn't answer for sure but Mm -hmm. from my research I think it's psychological I mean I saw this thing on the internet about intrusive thoughts and I thought it was quite good and it was just saying that when you get an intrusive thought so you know you might be like 
I remember having one where I, was, um, I wasn't driving, but I was in a car. And I thought, why don't I just open the door now? <laughs> yeah. And we were, like, driving, like, 60 miles an hour. I think yeah. I was in a car with my mum. And, and then this thing on the internet I read just said, when you get a thought like that, just come out and, like, say it in your head, actually, no, you know what? I'm not going to do that. And, like, right. treat it as if it was someone physically there telling you I think this person even named their thought I was like no Tim no I won't be doing that right yeah kind of just like you internalize yeah and it's you know that it's not you it's not really you and who you are that is is thinking like this right um because it can be hard to ignore yeah if it's you kind of sometimes okay you can ignore it but sometimes you need to have that, like, you need to address it. You need to just be like, no, I will not be doing that. And that's kind of a way of get, like, if it pops up, like a, a short-term way of getting rid of it. But then, you know, you need to implement long-term strategies, like go and get um, CBT. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even forgotten what CBT stands for now. Behavioral therapy. It's a form of behavioral therapy. Cognitive, um, right? Cognitive, Pardon? cognitive behavioral that's it i don't know why sorry like shout out to cbt <laughs> four o'clock on a saturday and i've lost <laughs> can't think of anything um so yeah like cbt it helps change the patterns of the way you're thinking of why you're thinking certain things oh. maybe it's linked to a trauma you've had maybe it's linked to something that happened when you were younger or maybe it's just completely random but having knowing the thought processes behind it can kind of help your way of thinking Mm, right and then yeah and like rewiring the brain yeah and the way that right and so like so does it stem from like trauma and stuff or like like what what can what is OCD triggered by um I think like anything, it like any other mental illnesses, some have like a previous trauma or previous incident, maybe in your childhood, but some things can be triggered by it. It's something that just happens and it can be something that starts off small and it just, it just like any illness, right? It just happens, right? Um, whereas you know, I've read things that have said like if you have a trauma in your childhood then you're more likely to, you might be more susceptible to certain mental illnesses. For example, um, when I saw a counsellor, they said because my parents divorced when I was younger, Mm -hmm. I was, if uh, maybe some of those emotions weren't addressed, therefore I was more susceptible or to get depression when I was older. So I think certain events could make you more susceptible, but it's like any other illness sometimes. You just get it. Right. And then it's your brain's way of coping or trying to align itself with what actually happened. Uh, yeah, I think sometimes if, if it is trauma-based, sometimes we don't address mm-hmm. traumas that happen um, and maybe we don't see things that happen. Because I never thought, for example, my parents getting divorced was a trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I always think of trauma as, as like, a really significant death or something mm. like that whereas I don't think sometimes we realize the the extent of 
what we've been through and yeah. sometimes things you know get put to the back of your brain and yet they're still affecting you but you don't quite realize it right right no that's so true like I I'm obsessed with this podcast called grief cast um just because like I'm really interested in grief and death <laughs> Oh, okay. I know, just some light-hearted <laughs> stuff that I like to enjoy in my yeah. life. <laughs> just pile it all on. Um, like, one of the things is, like, the the long-term impact of trauma and, yeah. and like, like anything like that. And, and just anything that's, yeah, that does sadden you. And if you don't have a release to actually talk about it, like, it just builds and builds and builds. But nobody actually wants to talk about it because it's too painful and vulnerable and stigmatized. But it's, like, it's just, yeah. like, a cycle that's constantly repeated because we're not actually willing to address, like, yeah. like how much it can impact us. And I think... It's kind of like any other, like, illness. Like, if I leave a... If my tooth is decaying and I just let it go because it's too painful to get the plaque out it's too painful to get a filling or whatever mm. i leave it and leave it and leave it and then i have to get a root canal which is even worse right yeah so it's oh, like that's such a good you example kind of thanks <laughs> you can kind of put mental illness and physical illness that have a lot of the same kind of way you can think about them in similar kind of ways right right it's like it should be addressed if you as soon as you know that something is not well, right or it's not like your yeah, usual so baseline something or something is, if it's really impacting your daily life mm-hmm. then address it before it impacts longer because you might go to the doctor and they say actually or you might see someone and they say oh okay it's this how can we get around this you're having a really tough time with this how can we get around this mm-hmm. or they may say no this has been going on for too long we think it's a mental health condition mm-hmm. you need a specialist type of therapy like cbt or you mm. need medication or you need you know and then you do what you need to do to get better yeah and it's and there's no one right like form of treatment or yeah there's no one size things. fits all i think it yeah it completely depends on on what what works for you mm-hmm. because some people might not have access to therapy you know the NHS is really overstretched Mm -hmm. and therapy might not be the best solution for them at that time they might not be able to access it they might not you know so maybe medication would be better for them maybe another way yeah something else completely will be better for them so it's it's about talking to professionals and yeah and finding are they natural like yeah, are there natural remedies that kind of can support in balancing it or giving you peace of mind and stuff like that? I mean, I've not tried any natural any natural um things, but yeah. I have as much as I hate to say this, I yeah. find going to the gym mm, helps me. Yeah. Because it's a killer, but it works. It's yeah, and even like, I go to a gym where it's an all-women's gym, mm. and it's really friendly, and it's just me and a bunch of old ladies, <laughs> and it's great, and it's really nice just to be somewhere different, mm. and, you know, I really enjoy going there, and I think even if it's not exercise, finding something that you really enjoy and that you makes you want to go out of the house mm-hmm. makes you... And it kind of distracts you. Right. And from I, what's going on. Yeah. I feel like, well, the gym as well, like, because 
there are like routine things that you can do like mm. it i feel like it may balance out the compulsiveness kind of piece of it where it's like okay well yeah i can do like 16 reps of the same thing um yeah and really like focus in on that and be mindful of that and then potentially it kind of allows you to not focus in on so many things on other aspects of your life yeah but then there's always the tendency that that um exercise in itself could become a compulsion oh yeah but then if you're having a session with a trainer for example they can help show you where's the healthy way to stop Mm. and perhaps then that's something you can implement in other parts of your life I always remember have you ever seen Legally Blonde? Yes. Where she's like, um, happy people, uh, people that go to, happy people don't kill people, or something like that. When she's on that murder trial, it's like, exercise gives you endorphins, and endorphins make you happy. <laughs> happy people don't kill their husbands. That was it. And, and like that, I think it does. I think it gives your, it lifts you a bit, but then there's always taking that first step. And sometimes, getting out of bed even to go down to your kitchen is so difficult that you're not even thinking about exercise right so it's just like small things like open your window yeah Yeah. you know or like even walk like walk up and down the stairs in your house walk start walking around your house Mm -hmm. walk to the end of your street like Mm -hmm. like just do something yeah it doesn't have to be so big and extravagant and like it's not gonna happen in one night but you take those small steps yeah to build which is like a lot easier said than done but yeah yeah and I guess if you have like 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 you said in the beginning like don't treat it so alien so like if you have people that are like oh do you want to go grab coffee or something or like go on a walk or something like yeah having like even if it's like even if you say no that's totally cool but if that person continues to ask then it's like you're reminded that you do have somebody that you can lean on yeah and when you're ready when I've been really like down like even like going for a drive with my friends Mm. like that's really it gets you out even though you're in the car it's just nice it takes you out of your environment and it's just Mm. it can be so refreshing for your brain and so good for your mental health yeah it's like you always feel so good after you're like oh yeah I should do this more often (laughs) yeah it's kind of good for me yeah and remember that feeling like I went to the gym today yeah I didn't want to yeah because I was tired but as soon as I came back I felt really good and really energized and really happy that I went yeah oh mate same like I went at seven this morning and like my trainer made me do today why have you been up I know I don't know it's (laughs) my brain like it's just it doesn't shut up and so I'm like okay well might as well just get up and do something fair enough (laughs) even though I hate the morning like I was with my friend and she was like making me do uh planks and oh I did want to god sake like what even is that like it's so torturous and, like, I've been doing them on my own. And I was like, yeah, Sophie, like, I can do a minute. I couldn't even last 15 <laughs> seconds when I was doing it with her. Oh, I did. I think I did 30 and I wanted I was, I was, wanted yeah. to scream. That was horrible. Okay, but yeah. then, like, make it fun. So, like, yeah. I was with my trainer and she's around the same age as me. And we were yeah. just, like, we were hula hooping. And then nice. we were, like, throwing, you know, the weighted balls. Oh, yeah, yeah. throw them and squat and then like make yeah. it, making things into a game and it didn't feel like exercise but yeah. I'm sure 
feel it in the morning. In the morning, I know. Yeah, I'm not excited for tomorrow. <laughs> but in a way, I'm anyway. excited. Yeah. It's, it's like a good pain. Yeah. I'm like, I want this more. Oh, yeah. And I listen to dubstep when I... <laughs> so, like, I just get, like, the weirdest faces. And, like, I just go mental. <laughs> like, I just like... Oh, I always yeah. to... Um, I'll go on YouTube and I'll write... I'll type in either Gordon Ramsay or Jeremy Kyle. Oh. When they're shouting... Oh, my God. Like, spurs me on. Does so it I'll actually... Watch, like, yeah, so I'll watch like Kitchen Nightmares oh, or God. Hell's Kitchen yes. or Jeremy Kyle show. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, I have like a Hell's Kitchen saved right now. <laughs> Is it last night? It was the, the one with like the lasagna. Have you seen that? It's like well, it's been trending on YouTube, but it was. It's like this Italian restaurant. Oh, you you mean um Kitchen Nightmares? Oh, Kitchen Nightmares. Sorry. The the game show. One, oh right 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 yeah no I'm talking about TV Kitchen show. Nightmares then yeah. Yeah, I don't, clearly I don't watch it. Honestly, I'm obsessed. Are you? Oh, I I, I could very easily like. Yeah, I can see that. Also, like Master Chef Kids was really cute. Like, yeah, because they're actually nice. They, I know, right? I'm like, oh, yeah. and then you see Gordon Ramsay on interviews, and you're like, you don't swear though. Like, you're actually. A nice I know dude. he's, um, and it, I just saw his wife having an, a new, another baby. Oh. oh. Shout out to the baby, shout out to the Shout wife. out to Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> shout out to Gordon Ramsay. And whilst we're at it, we should shout out Danielle. <laughs> oh yeah. Hi Danielle. Shout out, shout to, out you. to you. Thanks uh, for hooking wait, us up. I, I feel like I should do that with more enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> so girls. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for hooking it up. Thank you. <laughs> and shout out, shout shout out to Samosa Shout UK. Shout oh, out to Gulf yes. Shout out Samosas. I'm still yet to have one. Me too. He's always like, yeah, when you come on, give it to you. you I was like, what? Just FedEx it to me. Dude. I live down the road and I haven't been offered one. <laughs> what? Shit. I'm, I'm going to be having words. Exposed. <laughs> and another episode of Exposed. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have some words. Oh, you're just the most, Honestly. Like, and the concoctions that it, come, it comes up with, I'm like, oh. Um, I think, okay, shout out Danielle, you still owe me a birthday present, but it can be the hey. Samosa. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He's not going to be out of We're on to you. <laughs> okay, shout out. Um, yeah, who else is there, like? What else is that? Uh, shout out to I don't um, know something good. <laughs> not that no Daniel's good. I feel like that sounded like it's not. Sorry. like something not depressing. Again, he's not. Fuck. I'm just gonna not talk. <laughs> Shout out to Daniel's nan. Oh yeah, Daniel, shout out to your to your grandma. That's um, shout out to God. <laughs> um, shout, out. shout out to this really cute dog I saw yesterday. Aww. Shout out to um, the dog. 
Who else can I shout, shout out? To... Shout out to my niece because it's her second birthday today. Oh. Yo, I'm so broody. <laughs> I watched Call the Midwives and I got my cousin to watch it. And like, we literally just talk about like, we want babies now. Like yesterday. <laughs> so shout out to your niece. Shout out to all the future babies out there. Shout out to all my Twitter followers. Yeah. Yeah, I'm shouting that one out too. Shout out for support. I don't know what else to shout. I'm sure we'll think of more once it comes along. Yeah. Basically, yeah. I think you might have um, beaten Danielle in the uh, shout out game. Can you just repeat that like a little louder? Yeah, she sure beat you, bro. <laughs> she beat. <laughs> <laughs> She's the best. She wins at life. Can we? <laughs> First, like, I need to figure out technology because I still don't understand it. But after I figure that out, maybe I should just like come to England again. Yes, let's do that. Um, I think that's probably simpler than me trying to figure out technology. Yeah, yeah. I think you can do a three-person FaceTime now. What? Yeah, oh. I think it's the new iOS update. Oh, maybe I should actually update my phone. I've been avoiding it. I could yet. learn these things. Yeah, <laughs> it's just because something always inevitably grows wrong. I'm like, I just don't want to deal with it. So I'll just avoid. That's my tactic. Suppress, suppress, avoid until you have to deal with it. It's worked out so far. <laughs> Amazon now. Pre-order now. You get you get Dua's discount if you yes. <laughs> type send send God or how do you do this? Okay, wait. Send tell God the rogue Muslim sent you for Dua's. <laughs> but if you pre-order now, that's my guarantee. 
Is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just made it. Because I have no money to offer that. 20% off right, if you pre-order will, now. If you bring it to me, if you bring your book to London, I will sign it for you. Oh. And then it will be worth like a penny more. <laughs> But it'll be worth that £600 ticket. <laughs> that wasn't saying about you, about anyone. Who, anyone, please. Anyone. Bring your book to London and I will sign it if All you right. buy it. So, I mean, what more incentive do you really need than that? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that should just it's dinner. be... It just reminded me. It's nearly... It's, it's dinner time for you. It's five o'clock. <laughs> We were talking for two hours. Oh my god! Podcast is about ten minutes long. <laughs> Literally, like we're on question six or something. No, we're not. Are we actually. Yeah, but I think the other stuff, like we covered some of it. Like we, well, it's almost done yeah. technically. Yeah, we're on question a hundred. Okay. <laughs> we right, went rogue. We're gonna do another podcast, aren't we? Huh? About identity. About identity. <laughs> So oh we my can, god! Yeah, identity slash all the stuff we forgot. We about. forgot. Yeah. Do you want to just quickly do like? <laughs> I don't know. We have. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Let me. Yo, do you ever think about like free will and predestination? Just whilst I'm looking. <laughs> yeah, but it's it really. I just. It really. It's one of the things that I really. I just, it really confuses me. Yeah. Sometimes, to be honest. 100%. And I don't think people admit that. No, like, I remember... I think it confuses a lot of people, but they don't want to admit it because yeah. they don't want to feel like they're being a bad Muslim. Yeah. But it's all right to ask questions. Yeah. God asks, like, ask it, and you'll find that Islam has the answers. Like, it's fine yeah. to be asked. Like, the way my cousin explained it, he was like, so... Also, okay, so the way you explained it made sense to me, but then when I bring it into mental health and stuff, I'm like, I just get a bit confused. So he, he's like, imagine you you have a map and you're driving and you you have like, you're going on this path and you have a choice to make. You can go straight, you can go left, you can go right. Mm-hmm. Or you can somehow make a U-turn and go back on life or something, I don't know. But you can yeah. you can go those directions. Whatever you choose, God has still outlined things for you at whatever direction you chose. Yeah. So you have the direction to choose, but there's still but, something for but you. But when you get planet. there, yeah, it's like it's it's still in God's plan. So that was like the one that made sense to me. But then, like, you know, when when you're dealing with like mental illness and stuff, it's like, well, why is God? God says He's not going to put a burden on you. But then, why is God like? Why is this your journey and like what you have to deal with and like? is it predestination like is it free will is it neither of the above like i mean it must be qadr because everything's qadr right but then i read something that says dua is the only thing that can change qadr but then people Mm. dispute that but but then i think yeah because i don't know that's a whole nother conversation i know right but dua makes i think even if dua can't change qadr then dua makes it can make you you can ask to deal with whatever's going to happen easier. Right, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's that, like the purpose. That's English. Yeah, no, that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it makes it... Yeah. Yeah. And with mental health, I think 
you know, there's also that the I think it's hadith that says Allah tests who He loves, mm-hmm. and everyone's test is different. Right. Right. And I think it's just our test, and you know, people say that when you're ill, it's part of washing away your sins. I mean, that doesn't mean you've sinned a lot or that you're a bad person, mm-hmm. but everyone sins. Everyone yeah. does things. Hundred percent. A human. Hundred <clears throat> percent. And it's just like, and it's also, and it's what you do about it, and how, yeah, how you deal with it. Do you, you know, do, like, and are you working on getting yourself better? Because that's yeah, a worship in itself to make sure you're healthy and to do what you need to do to yeah. get better. Whether that's going to the doctor, whether it's getting therapy, but it doesn't mean that you know God hates you or anything like yeah. that. It's, Exactly. It's like, it's just, it's just a test. It's a test. And like, maybe there's something to learn from it. And, and yeah. like even just connect with each other. Cause like part of worship is being able to do it collectively. And we, there yeah. are humans for a reason. And like, we are together for a reason. So it is yeah. about leaning on each other or at least <clears throat> reaching out and stuff and supporting and stuff. Yeah. And, but then loads of people, they say, oh, mental health means that you're this, that you're that, it means you're a bad person. But no, mm. it doesn't. Even if you're, you know, people who have committed suicides, like, they aren't responsible for their actions because mm-hmm. of the state of mind they're in. Mm-hmm. God is merciful. He's mm-hmm. not going to, you're not going to be punished because of, you know, what's going on in your brain because sometimes it just happens like that. Sometimes... Yeah your brain works differently like how any part of your body can yeah and it's like you're saying yeah it's like if if you're not able to get the supports that you need preemptively or like before it gets worse then well i don't really know where i'm getting with that but like (laughs) then yeah then it can have worse consequences yeah. yeah exactly and and then that's not necessarily your fault because we need to ensure that people have the mechanisms yeah. to get the support that they need yeah and we're going to be like asked for that on the day of judgment like how did you support the ummah or like any any human yeah. and stuff like what or even your you friend or even your, your friends, friends yeah. suffering for it yeah it doesn't it. have to be like it doesn't have to be so global it can be really intimate no. and just personal and stuff but yeah it is yeah and we need it now more than ever especially when it's become more isolated and more isolated it's like well, we actually need those supports even more because we can't rely necessarily on community and stuff. Yeah. We can only rely on the individual at this point. Also, that went really, like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so then, so then what can... Like, is there something that people can look out for for OCD? Um, like, if it's parents or if it's... And, and at a young age or if it's friends and family? I think, look at the repetitiveness. Um, ask... If there's a kid, like, and you, and they keep doing something, ask them why they're doing it. Mm. Um, and if it's like, I like doing it, then that's probably a bit different. Like, if there's, if it's like, I'm trying to think of an example. Mm. Like, like if they're, I don't know. Yeah, I get like if it, 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 it just, just depends why they're doing it. If they're doing it because they think. Something will happen if they don't do it rather than they actually enjoy doing the thing. Right, right. Like if they think there's like negative consequences or something and yeah, the thought rather is... Rather than, you know, kids, like they, if they can't watch 
a certain if they can't do a certain thing at a certain time but that's because they like the routine they like doing it at a certain time it's not because they think something bad's gonna happen if they don't do it then right yeah it's just yeah I think it's making that distinction with children as well Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, because I think sometimes people can be quick to diagnose kids with things Mm. but I think sometimes it can take a while for things to manifest but there's that balance of catching it before it gets too late and catching it before and catching it at a time when it's you know the catching it too early almost and making thing something into something it's not mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean I'm not yeah. a child specialist but that's <laughs> my kind of take on it yeah because it could just be normal growing up kind of things that yeah like I remember seeing um you know about prevent and one of the mm. signs to look out for and prevent and in like radicalization in children that they put out was um or in teenagers was oh spending a lot of time on the internet spending oh, a lot God of time sakes. in their rooms I'm like that's puberty that's yeah exactly that's not radicalization that's, that's even us teenagers. now like like that's just general at like millennial shit <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh my god yeah like some of it is like it's and it, I think like a lot of that obviously comes from fear as well and so if we fear this mental illness and stuff if we fear and again like with OCD if you're fearing God's wrath or something like you're you're unable to see the normalcy of it you're unable to see the the like normalcy of having some of these tendencies um Mm. as well as that God it's normal for God to forgive or God to show mercy and God to love um, yeah but I think with kids it's it's like with anything you need to give them a space where they can talk about their emotions because mm. I think a lot of <clears throat> you know with within a lot of um Muslim families sometimes they don't want it whether it's cultural reasons or what kind of talking about your emotions isn't something that's done mm. yeah. it's kind of like oh you can't be sad because because of this, this, and this, you shouldn't yeah. be sad because, um, you know, Allah wants us to be happy with his plan. It's like, yeah. no, it's normal to be yeah. sad. It's normal to feel these emotions. And let your kids cry if they want to cry. Oh, God, like, yeah. have healthy releases and yeah. talk about how someone's feeling. Yeah. Like, how did this make you feel? Mm-hmm. And even doing these kind of normal things and not being afraid to say, no, nah, actually, I'm having a bad day yeah. to your parents. Yeah. really helpful because you're not bottling things up yeah. and it's like and it just like fosters healthier relationships and stronger relationships between you and your family and your friends and then between you and god and it's and like don't just dismiss it as oh yeah well this world is hard like it's meant to be hard like it's, yeah. everything's a test yeah everything's a test but doesn't mean that we shouldn't rely on each other or like yeah. Maybe you're not or that everything should be sad yeah and like maybe everything you're not should be horrible yeah like maybe you're not like letting the test actually like the benefits of the test actually come through if you're only focusing on the negative or if you're only focusing on like oh yeah well this world's a test like it's meant to be hard but okay well where are you finding god's mercy in that like where are you finding love in god in that um Mm. if you're not actually allowing for that full spectrum of emotions to come out but also the full spectrum of like love to come out and yeah like support to come out because there's a lot of test within that even and yeah it's just about like Mm. I just wish we would um focus more on his love 
Yeah, like, I don't even think we know the extent of it. Like, we say, yeah, he loves you more than your parents, but, like, I don't even think that we can understand or comprehend that. Right. Really. Um, and then, like, how can religious leaders or, like, health practitioners support um, OCD or even mental health, like, all the mental... With those two groups, they need to talk to each other. Like, the, <laughs> yeah. the religious leaders need to understand the health stuff behind mental health and mm. the health practitioners need to understand the religious elements that might be affecting someone's mental health or mm. that how religion can help heal someone's mm-hmm. um, mental health, like how important Muslims find things like prayer and dua and mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, yeah, and even being able to name it, and then once you name it, you kind of acknowledge it and are able to better, like, speak to your leaders or to the health practitioners, or they're able to better speak to you. and Yeah, and like, just to understand, it. you know, especially with religious leaders, when to tell someone when to encourage them to go and seek proper help, like, from mm-hmm. the specialist, mm-hmm. because... It's like specialists with anything. If you need help with faith, you go to this person. If mm-hmm. you need help with health, we don't need to be going to... Um, we don't necessarily need to be going to imams to get answers on questions of health. If your doctor is saying, no, I think medication is the best course for you, then you listen to the expert on that. Mm-hmm. You might take advice from the imam, but at the end yeah. of the day, that's the person who's trained to deal with these things. Yeah. Yeah, I remember reading a quote. I posted it on my Instagram. Shout out to my Instagram, the Rogue Muslim <laughs> one, and um, and it was like a mosque should be a hospital for the spiritually ill, not just a club yeah. for the pious. And exactly. it's like, and and it's not like they are just clubs for the pious at this point. But that like integrating mental wellness and stuff into it is one way to. Actually, but also letting in people that don't are not feeling their most religious. Yeah. Letting in people who might have gone clubbing last week. Yeah. Letting in, you know, young people. Letting in people. Just. Just everyone. Yeah. yeah. Everyone like... and not caring. Like you, you are all facing the same way during prayer. You're all equal. Yeah. Hundred percent. And and like, it says in the Quran, like of all the hypocrites and like they're pious in front of people but then they go and do worse things behind it or they think yeah they can we cheat don't know God. what someone's like, done yeah. it's like we really don't like I, I always love like that there's a simple analogy where it's like somebody is on their phone and another person is reading the quran and it's like but don't judge because that person on the phone is actually reading the quran and the person with the quran is has their phone behind it and is playing games yeah exactly it's like you literally don't know what people are doing and the intentions and what's going on like yeah you can't be holding to that um so then just a few more um do you have any tips on managing ocd like are there any daily exercises and like and even if like if it's something that is affecting you as a parent or in school or yeah in your spiritual life or anything that one i saw that question that you gave to me before and i don't know how to because i have not suffered with OCD. It's not something that I can't give you any first-hand mm-hmm. management mm-hmm. Um, tips, but yeah. <clears throat> I think, like with any mental illness, 
take each day as it comes know Mm -hmm. what kind of things are triggering for you Mm -hmm. know what kind of things help you through um and really be aware of these things um and yeah just go to go and get help like talk to people even if it's even if helping means for you phoning one of your friends then do that right right yeah like I again yeah same like I've not experienced um OCD or religious OCD or anything I did like read a few tips where it was like um because a lot of it is like thought based and stuff so Mm. writing down your thought um and then actually like like uh, you were saying in the beginning like like arguing with yourself like no it's just like It's like this, so if you write it down, then argue the point, or, like, think about the consequences, like, did did you do this at one point, and what were the consequences of it, like, was it as bad as you thought it would be, or, like, how did you feel, like, really analysing the emotions more, mm. and then through that way, like, slowly you can train your brain to just think that, yeah, you know what, it is just a thought, it's not, it's not actually a practice, it's not something that has occurred, yeah. And the thought is okay. So you're not judged based on your thoughts. Um, yeah. And I think... I think that's always one of the steps when you're a little bit further along. Whereas mm. when you're in the depths of things, it can right. be hard to do even something like that. So yeah. I think then just start from the beginning and start, you know, trying to make a daily routine where you're mm. doing other things, where you're trying to distract yourself from things. And then once right. you're able to you know go through the basics of a of your day-to-day routine then try and address the thoughts mm. because you can't do everything at once you need yeah, to take it in true. stages yeah that's true like you know when <clears throat> have you ever watched friends yeah right you know that you know when monica and chandler are getting married yeah and chandler goes missing and ross goes to find him and chandler says he's really really nervous and he can't go through with it yeah and ross is like to him no what we need to do what you're gonna do is go home and take a shower and chandler's like but i have to get married he's like no what you're (laughs) gonna do is go home and take a shower right and so he does that and then he's like okay now you're just gonna put on a tuxedo right and so he does that and he's just taking things step by step and then building it up oh my god who knew friends would come to the rescue? I know, that's literally all the analogy I use all the time. Because <laughs> I think it's so good. It is so good. Like, it is, it's just that one step. And then as soon as you accomplish that, it's like, okay, if you can do another one, do another one. Exactly. You're already doing it. Like, might as well just try it out. Yeah. Um, oh, man, that is so good, actually. Yeah, yeah that's true, actually, though, because like, a lot of the things I was reading were, like, yeah, I suppose it is probably stuff that is more advanced and, like, you have to be in a particular frame of mind or, yeah, like, a bit more conscious of it, I guess. Mm. Whereas if you're not even at that stage or it's too difficult to even that, then, yeah, just taking it one step at a time, one task at a time. Yeah, one, like, like, go yeah. to your doctor. Yeah. Go or phone even, like speak to someone yeah. speak to anyone There's so many help phone lines the out samaritans there. phone yeah. you know a helpline phone yeah. any yeah and just talk. just talk 
Or sometimes what I do is I will phone up one of my friends and either get them to tell me the most boring story ever, <laughs> just what got a distraction, or I'll tell them something and I'll just won't shut up. Yeah. And then that kind of is like a nice release for me and then I'm distracted and, yeah. you know, I'm on the phone and then I end up doing something whilst I'm on the mm. phone and I'm like, I might be on the phone and then, oh, I've gotten out of bed and I've gone, you know, right. downstairs, I've gone to make myself a snack. Like, right. Things that the, yeah kind of just distract your mind from yeah. stuff. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's what it is. It's all just your mind telling you a certain way of yeah trying to feel or something. And if you can actually remind yourself and ground yourself to the reality that you actually have in front of you, yeah, um, and that is yeah through friends or cooking or gym or phoning somebody just to talk about anything. Like yeah. It's mm. just like grounding that in reality. Cool. Um, do you have any like tools that can be developed to break habits or to have support yourself for better mental wellness? Like, like if you could, like, if you have a toolbox or something, like, is there are there certain things that you think could help towards recovery? I think it's different for everyone mm. because. Like, with me, one of the things that I found really comforting when I was at my lowest is scrolling through Instagram looking at memes. Mm, yeah. And I will admit that because yeah. it was an, a form of distraction and it was something that made me laugh and it was really yeah. stupid things that make me laugh. Yeah. And that's what helped me when I was extremely low mm. get through things. So I think it's... Just finding what works for you. And it's like I said before, find what your triggers are. Right. Stay away from them and right. find, because some people find that social media is really bad for them. Right. Just so find something away. else. Yeah. It's like Read you, or watch yeah. TV or something. We have more choices than we actually think we do. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, just find yeah. find what works for you. If, if you... And don't make excuses for what works for you. Like, mm. if being on your phone works for you, then be on your phone. I will not judge you if you're right. sitting there on your phone. People have said to me before, you're on your phone too much. That actually is a way that I've used to cope before. Right. Like, when I was living abroad without my family, right. I used my phone. It was like a lifeline to me. Right. It was the way I coped. Right. And, you know, when my dad's side of family were living in a war zone I had my phone with me 24 7 because that's how I coped with things right right if that's a way you cope with something don't make it don't apologize for it if that's what you need to do to get yourself better and you do it yeah yeah there's no right way and you don't need to like you know if yoga and like organic free-range eating isn't your thing then that's fine (laughs) yeah and then if it is your thing that's totally fine fine. too yeah so like let's just we if don't you feel like judgment. you need to eat Nutella from the jar, yeah. go and eat your Nutella from the jar. 100%. Like, if that's going to make you feel better, even for a short period, if that's going to give you the feeling, the quick feeling you need to feel better and then to do something else, it'll be like a domino effect. Yeah. That's what you need to do, do it. I'm not judging. Yeah, exactly. We don't need any more judgment in this world than there already is. <laughs> no. And, like, there's freedom in knowing that God won't judge Yeah. that. Like, because you're doing, you're doing what yeah. you need to do yeah. to get better. Yeah. Like, I'm not talking about, like, having, like, smoking hard drugs here. I'm talking yeah. about things that, you know, just little things. 
that will make you feel better. Yeah. But that aren't harmful to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because then, yeah, you don't want to repeat the cycle or, like, go into yeah. something else. Or that, get worse. Or get worse, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, sure, like, then you may find God and you may find that solace in in him and worshipping him. But don't pressure yourself to, like, let that be the only route yeah and I think definitely a combination and also if you're not if you're in bed all day and you're struggling to get up because you are depressed or you're suffering and people say oh no what you need to do is get up and pray right sorry no that's not how it works a lot of the time like yes you may need to get up and pray but if you physically cannot get out of bed that's not what you're thinking about yeah so when I've been through that I found listening to the Quran playing it Mm. um like making dua, mm-hmm. things that are just step by step, and then I'll like get up, go do it, st- like like Monica and Chandler's wedding, <laughs> go to the bathroom, yeah. wash my face, yeah, you know, brush my teeth, step by step, and yeah. then you'll build it up, and you don't have to, you know, yeah. because sometimes thinking about all the things you need to do is so overwhelming, it can make mm-hmm. you go backwards. Yeah, yeah, and it's the steps that God appreciates. It's yeah. like the, it's that trying. And if yeah. it's just trying for yourself or it's trying in the way of him, then, yeah, like, if yeah, it's like, it's what you're saying. It's, you got to do what works for you. And that's yeah, as simple exactly. as it can sound. <laughs> Not that it is, but it is, it is that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, okay, so this is like the last like mental health question. Um, so I don't, this is also a podcast I want to do, but, how because I don't think we talk about it enough but people that are supporting their loved ones who are going through mental illness how Mm. can they take care of themselves how can the caretakers take care of themselves because it can be quite overwhelming and it can be like you know what you you're seeing somebody you love suffer and you just want to fix it for them or you want you want it to be better for them or you want to take it on from them or something but you know like at the same time, as you're trying to support and as you're trying yeah. to be there for them, like, you also want to take care of yourself as well. So, do you have any tips for... I mean, this is something that sometimes you don't know. You don't... It, because it's like we were talking about before with our jobs, because we work in similar fields mm. and it can be quite stressful. Yeah. Um, and you know, with the mental health work that I do, I do get a lot of people talking to me about their mental health mm-hmm. and asking me for advice about things. And it's kind of like you're carrying, every person that asks you for help, you kind of carry their burdens with you. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, you need to make time for yourself and make time for what you enjoy and not feel guilty about that. Mm-hmm. Like, let your friends know that you'll be there. Like, my friends know that if they call me at three in the morning, I'll I'll pick up the phone and I'll be there. Right. Because that's what that, that's fine by me. Like, yeah. that's the boundaries I've put in place. But right. also, if you if it's making your mental health deteriorate, say to your friends, look, I'm having a hard time at the moment as well, but I am still here from you. Mm-hmm. And another thing that my friends and I use um, is that, <laughs> this is my my friends from uni we have a code word oh. so when we say this particular word this either means i'm in trouble and i need you right now oh. or like can you call me right now like so 
I because I tend to like overreact to things and <laughs> one friend in particular she's always I'll call her and I'll be like oh my god this happened and she'll be like and <laughs> I'll make a big deal out of it but she's always there but then if I say this word she knows okay I need to answer the phone to her because she's like right. even if even if she's busy at that time I she'll know that actually no I need like I need her yeah like something go there's something big happening that's so good um, so then how did you like because I think like that's half of it is like knowing how to ask or what to ask and stuff and feeling yeah. safe enough to do that so like how have you cultivated that kind of a relationship that because do you know how it started it yeah. started because um <laughs> it started at uni and it would be like if one of us was in a situation um if we were like feeling uncomfortable yeah oh yeah um, so we'd say to other we'd incorporate this word into because it's a type of food the code word (laughs) so we'd be like are we having such and such for dinner yeah and then be like okay we need to leave now (laughs) so we kind of and we kind of built up this thing where like it's not like that's the only time we talk to each other is when we're using this word but it's then we know, okay, like, if I call my friend and she doesn't pick up, I'll know, okay, she's busy, I'll phone her later. Whereas if I'm in an emergency, and I'll, and it particularly worked well at uni, because mm. I might have been, you know, out by myself late at night and stranded or something, right. and I'd have texted her this word, then she'll know, okay, no, I need to pick up the phone and just, you know. Genius. Oh, my God. And it just, like, it makes it less formal or, like, less, yeah, and it doesn't necessarily mean I need to talk about yeah. what's going on. It just means I need to talk to someone. To someone, yeah. And again, like that distraction thing again, if you need yeah. that, and that's what it is. Oh my God, so good. All right, well, now, <laughs> there's like the final questions that I ask everyone. Um, so the first one is, what is your favorite thing about Islam? Um, I'll tell you my least favorite thing now. <laughs> Tell me. No, but the least, the, well, the least favorite thing would be sometimes Muslims because we can be so mean to each other and so judgmental. And I've I've spoken to like imams and like qualified people before who have said honestly, if if people like if people knew sometimes all of the judgment judgmentalness and politics that goes on within the community, people would not convert to Islam because of this they see this and then they it makes you really and I saw one story about this of a guy who was wanting to convert and he went to the mosque and he got told off for something really really stupid like so meaningless and that he was made to feel so bad and so like he was being judged that he just never went anymore oh my god but my favorite thing yeah I mean, I would also have to agree with you on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh, my favourite. Favourite thing. I like the solace you can find mm. in Islam and that you can, the peacefulness you mm. can find and the fact that it can be such a personal relationship that you have right. with Allah and it it gives you kind of a lot of contentment. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Thanks. I like that. 
Um, and then if you could tell your Muslim self of yesterday one thing, what would it be? Like a piece of advice or something. So how long ago is yesterday? Well, okay. So the reason that I say this is like, it's usually like the Muslim self of like your younger Muslim self or something. Uh, but then maybe not everyone grew up as Muslim. And so I just say yesterday because like, whatever. <laughs> when, so so um, like a younger self or I think in whatever. general, I would just tell my younger self just to keep going. Yeah? Yeah, just just keep doing what you're doing. Perfect. Keep being a goody two-shoes at school. <laughs> do it. Because then It'll... you'll end up on the Rogue Muslim podcast. Exactly, really exactly. Hit all goals in life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where it can go, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I love that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then at the end of the podcast, I invite people to pray for, like, people, causes or things so any person place cause whatever thing that we can pray for many i mean multiple. maybe this is the part that danielle wanted <gasps> to be shouted maybe. out at be oh i don't think about that <laughs> so, so the one's for you yeah. um <laughs> the ones for the rogue muslim hey. <laughs> uh all my family all my friends the whole Ummah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't want to, I can't name people particularly. That's cool. Uh, Ummah, family, friends. It's pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> Has anyone got any, like, anyone who's got, oh, it's January. Anyone who's got exams to oh. ask for you? Um, my mama. Mm-hmm. Baba, um, yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. good list. That's my list. Everyone, like everyone, my list is everyone. I don't discriminate. It's like it's like a in Mean Girls when she snaps a tiara or whatever. <laughs> Just yeah, like, piece of the wall. You get a piece and you get a piece. <laughs> I want sunshines and rainbows. <laughs> the other one was I dream about such <laughs> <laughs> cool. pretty much yeah I mean it's a good one to dream of so <laughs> go for it oh my god and then finally how can we support you uh, this is your shout out <laughs> me shout out follow shout all out my twitters don't follow my instagram because it's kind of boring <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All I do I is like story. post, oh, working late, oh. oh, at the gym, that's about it. Oh my god, um, I find so much pleasure in complaining. Like, it's just so, so comforting to complain sometimes. I know, I know. Or I just put, if you like a meme, then follow my Instagram. Yeah. Um, but follow my Twitters. <laughs> at Muslim Mentor, at Jamila Tweets. Um, yeah, buy my book. Buy my buy book. Buy the book. That's the that's the number one. Buy that's wajib book. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know how much I will make from the book, but still buy it. <laughs> still buy it. Because <laughs> I'm kind of. I'm actually in the process of writing a thingy, perhaps for a new book about what? mental health. Oh my God, but I need so to actually get on with it. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I don't do well with pre-planning. I work good on a 24-hour deadline. Yeah, <laughs> I've just it. been, I've been good. I've just been so busy with yeah. other thingies, so. That's a thing. That's a life thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I need to, to writing maybe things. I need to take a week off work to do it. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. I was yeah. going to say, like, stop, but yeah, you <laughs> Because <laughs> I did not get anything done over the holiday. <laughs> I don't think anybody should. No. I think you should just be like, no, fuck it. Like a general <laughs> sense of, like, done. I'm done with it. <laughs> and everyone should just accept that. And nobody should expect anything from people over the holidays. <laughs> I think that's something. Everyone needs to just lower their expectations. Yeah, and don't feel guilty if yeah. all you did was sleep yeah. over your holiday. Like, don't feel guilty. Capitalism will make you feel like you need to be productive as hell. Yeah, sometimes but sometimes sleep you need to you sleep. Need. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a requirement in life. Yeah, kind of. Otherwise, God wouldn't have made us sleep. Exactly. Yeah. That's the way I'm. Exactly. Not how I'm gonna interpret that one? And just <laughs> use it as an excuse to sleep a lot, a lot. <laughs> I mean, it is weird. All right. <laughs> well, that's done for the formal part of this podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. No problem. That was fun. That's really good. All right. So that is the end of the podcast. As you can see, I had to edit a few bits. Like, so there's a bit of a jump because we literally laughed 90% of our way through this podcast. Uh, but I do hope you learnt stuff and um, Jamila will be back inshallah for another episode covering identity and mental health so stay tuned shout out to that one um, and yeah I think we all learnt the importance of OCD and religious based OCD um, and hopefully it does support some of you or if you know anyone that could use it then please uh, lead them to this podcast or if you yourself want to be that facilitator of their um, healing process then I'm keeping you in my prayers inshallah um, I think I'm going to add some bloopers the first one is going to be us just trying to start the podcast because we literally like we're just pissing ourselves like <laughs> it's just it was just so good and um, and the second one oh the second one is the importance and the need for us to have a Muslim dating show podcast, like a blind date one, this would be so epic. And even like having a book, a compilation of all like Muslim women or even men's um, like dating stories, I think that would be hilarious. Um, you know, keeping in respect and everything, but it would be hilarious. Anyways. So that's it. And if you want to support the Rogue Muslim podcast, you can follow um, the, what was I going to say? You can follow on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook. It's just at the Rogue Muslim or you can email um, at the Rogue Muslim at gmail.com. If you've got any questions, if you have like a specific topic, if you yourself want to come on the podcast and discuss something um, and as ever, I would 100 million quadrillion, quadrillion, I don't, infinity and beyond percent appreciate uh, 
a rating on iTunes or your podcasting platform because it just enables people to see it more and um, potentially get on their recommended list or something. So yes, I would very much appreciate it if you would be darlings and provide me with that. Um, there are some already and I really like my heart just bursts um, every time I see one. So if you would like to continue my heart bursting moments then please feel free to do that and it is free to do so yeah that is what it is I really can't elaborate on that one um so yeah anyways I hope you enjoyed it I hope you're having a great week I hope if you are experiencing uh mental illness right now that every day it's becoming a little bit better and the tools um to overcome it are being developed and but please take care of yourself and um if you ever need any support please feel free to reach out i'm not a therapist but if i can support in any way i will do my best um and yeah please talk to each other talk to your loved ones check in don't assume mental illness has a face you know it can affect anyone and everyone at any time um so please just let's keep that in mind and check in and just be there for each other we definitely need more community um and now more than ever oh oh before i forget we we have started a book club called the rogue readers book club and every month we'll be reading a book and inshallah i'll interview the author at the end of the month so if you want to send questions in comments you can definitely feel free to do so the first book is by Omid's... Wait, did I already do this in my introduction? Genuinely cannot remember, so I'm just going to say it again. The first book is uh, Radical Love by Omid Safi. It's so good. It's just a compilation of hadiths and poetry and um, Quran ayahs, but he's compiled it and really done a great preface to it um, in a way that really revives your love for Islam, revives your love for God and the mercy and the power of that love. Um, and I think it's just something that we need now more than ever and something that we can incorporate for our own lives and for each other. Um, especially as it's really hard to hold on to faith in so many moments and experiences of turmoil. I think this one does a really great job of collectivizing our efforts in, um, really establishing and living within that mercy and love of God. So that's why I chose that one for the first one. Inshallah, I'll be interviewing uh, Omid Safi at the end of the month. So uh, feel free to send any questions um, and comments and stuff to me. You can purchase it on Amazon or you could always ask your library to also order it and have that in. Um, and Inshallah, I'll be... Uh, better at providing the books ahead of time so that you have more time and opportunity um, but it's just a matter of like figuring out the books and also if I can get an interview with the author because I think that would be best um, but yeah I think that's all I'm going to go pray and eat now because that's a life thing that's happening right now so yes, I hope you enjoyed it and stay tuned for when Jamila comes back and one day maybe we'll even have our own TV show um, or talk show, you know, or both. Um, but yeah, it was really, really fun and I cried editing it. It was so funny. Um, but yeah, all right, take care. See you next week. I forgot to do an introduction. Hi. Hi. No, <laughs>
should be in a briefing. I should. Um, oh my god, I should actually have a briefing. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do that. <laughs> I forgot to say salam. Uh, salam alaikum. <laughs> <My name>. <laughs> <laughs> you like labor <laughs> breaths. <laughs> I can do it, I can do it. My name is Jamila. Um, I'm 25. I live in London in the UK. Um, what else do I do? Single and ready to mingle. <laughs> I'm single. Uh, <laughs> if anyone knows anyone, my phone number is... <laughs> Me. Oh, my God. <laughs> That'll be actually so epic to me. 